0: Hello listeners, welcome to our first ever bonus episode. I want to dig into the Braves offseason since it's getting to be about that time. They've already made their first free agent signing in Drew Smiley. I kind of want to talk to you guys about that move as well as other moves that we could expect. Um, we can also look at different guys that are no longer on the Braves team that left the free agency or retirement or whatever. And we can kind of dig into team needs and stuff like that. So let's get into our first bonus episode ever. Before we move on, let's give a congratulations to Freddie Freeman. I knew, or really I want to say, I thought it was going to be a lot closer between Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. The voters proved once again that they love offensive stats, which is fine if you want the MVP to be offensive numbers. Freddie Freeman far and away was the best offensive player in the league last year, this past year. And I 100% support the writer's choice. I'm a huge Freddie Freeman fan. Much deserved. Congratulations, Freddie Freeman. So let's take a look at the Braves roster, the turnover, and stuff like that, so we can kind of get a better idea of where the Braves stand. All right, we need to look at things like players that are leaving, players that have have already been signed, and stuff like that. So let's take a look at the roster as it stands, okay? We have a few guys that are guaranteed contracts for the Braves. Ronald Acuna, he's going to be on the team till 2026, uh, and th- that also includes a buyout for 2027. So maybe up to 27, depending on which route the Braves go. We got Ozzy Albie's with uh, through 2025. He has a buyout in 2026. Will Smith through 2022. There's also a buyout for 23. Freddie Freeman is just through the end of this year. By this year, I mean 2021, the upcoming year. So for the future of this episode, if I say this year, I'm talking about 2021. Like if there, if a contract is through this year, if I happen to say that, I'm referring to this upcoming year, 2021 season. Ender Enciarte, one more year on his contract through the end of the year, 2021. Travis Darno same situation and Chris Martin same situation we also have arbitration eligible players which means the Braves have to choose to tender them their contract the actual amount is not guaranteed in a sense that we don't know the exact number because the Braves will offer them a contract the players will either accept or take them to arbitration the way this works though is they have to decide that they want to keep the player first and then once they decide they want to keep the player then they go into the hey we're gonna give you a contract it's not one of those things where it's like for example Johan Camargo they wouldn't be like hey we want to give you 1.5 and he says nah I don't want that and then they just release him it's hey who are you gonna tender a contract to they say they tender the contract and then they say this is the amount if the player agrees to that amount they take the amount. If not, they'll go to arbitration, and arbitration will decide how much the player is going to make. Arbitration-eligible players, we've got Camargo, Grant Dayton, Adam Duvall, Max Fried, Luke Jackson, A.J. Minter, Mike Soroka, and Dansby Swanson. What that means is technically they're under team control, and they're on a year-by-year basis until they sign in a free agent extension or an extension. Technically, is how it works. So... Guys like Dansby Swanson, Mike Soroka, they're under team control, meaning that the team decides to tender them a contract year in and year out. The player cannot opt for free agency. Odds are that Luke Jackson may not make the team of those. Uh, there will, depending on if any other players are signed from now till the, till the arbitration process takes place, I would say Camargo did not do enough to stay on the roster. Um, there's a chance that he might stay on the team, but there's a chance that he may not. People that left, Darren O'Day, the Braves declined his option. I was very, very surprised on that one. It was not very expensive, uh, and he did very, very well. I'm, I'm actually really shocked that they did not tender him a $3.5 million club option. That was a shocker to me, especially considering that they signed Drew Smiley to $11 million, but we'll get into that later. People that have left, O'Day, Marcel Ozuna, Cole Hamels, Mark Melanson, Shane Green, Nick Marcakis, Tyler Flowers, Adini Echeverra, Pablo Sandoval, Josh Tomlin, but the Braves re-signed Josh Tomlin, and Tommy Malone. So, Josh Tomlin also got re-signed for 1.5, I believe it was. That's one of those signings where, actually I think it was just 1 million, with up to 1.5. That's one of those signings that, Low risk, not very high reward, but it's a low risk move for some rotation. I mean, not rotation. Well, rotation depth because he can do a spot start here and there and some bullpen swingman type depth. It's one of those things that if he doesn't work out, it's just a, a million dollars in dead money. It makes sense with the signing. So that leaves us with what are the needs? Well, the Braves need to fill some holes. And the main holes they need to fill is they lost some big pieces in the bullpen. They lost Melanson, and they lost Shane Green, and O'Day. So they had the option to keep O'Day. They didn't keep him, so he's off the board. Melanson and Shane Green. Melanson has a much higher odds of being signed because he won't cost nearly as much as he did last year. He was on the tail end of an arguably bad contract. Um, but because when he signed his contract, uh, closers were in high demand, so uh, he got paid a lot. Um, Melanson was a great piece for the Braves, so I'd love to have him back. Uh, I believe he will make significantly less, but who knows? Uh, Charlie Morton was projected at eight million for one year, and the Braves just signed Smiley to eleven million for one year. So the market is going to be extremely strange this year because of COVID. Uh, teams that are in contention that may not have been in contention two years ago and things like that. Uh, you got teams like the Padres and the White Sox that are, are very active that were not active two years ago. Um, you got the Yankees who are really close to the luxury tax. So will they make a splash? Who knows? Uh, things like that. So it's going to be a weird offseason. But the Braves need to fill a few spots in the bullpen. They 100% need to upgrade at third base. Uh, Austin Riley has been given some time. But both times that he's played, he has brought negative value. He has some pop, but not once has he had a positive war season. Wins above replacement season. His defense is subpar. His offense is subpar. If the Braves were in a situation like the Orioles, sure, have them start, but the Braves are trying to win a World Series. They're getting to the point to where it's World Series or bust, especially since they came within two runs of beating the team that won the World Series. So the Braves are close. They need something to put them over the edge. There's a huge hole at third base. That's where they need to fill that. The Braves also need to fill Marcelo Ozuna's production. I'm sad to say I do not think Ozuna will be back for two reasons one there's no guarantee that there will be a DH spot so the Braves are a little bit iffy on that they also are not privy to spending a ton of money on long-term contracts really they only do that to guys that were already in the organization like Acuna or Freddie Freeman Ozzy Albies people like that uh, when they get them early not once they reach free agency so the last few free agency signings that the Braves have made Have been disasters. Okay, Mike Hampton, uh, B.J. Upton, people like that. It's just not the Braves' mo. And the way that Ozuna played last year, there's some American League teams that know they're going to have the DH that are going to offer him a lot of money. The Braves want Ozuna back. Ozuna would love to be back, but at the end of the day, he's going to take the team that most likely pays him the most money. And there's not many scenarios where the Braves are going to be that team, sad to say. So, this is my prediction of what will happen. The odds of it happening are not nearly close to 100%, but this is my prediction. You can book it now. I believe the Braves are going to go after Ozuna. They're going to get outbid. And to replace that, what they're going to do is they're going to sign someone like Jock Peterson... I'll just say it. Jock Peterson to platoon with Adam Duvall. Because Adam Duvall and Jock Peterson have very different splits. One of them is very, very good against righties and very, very bad against lefties and vice versa. So they will complement each other very, very well. Jock Peterson is known for being a platoon player at this point in his career, as is Duvall. Duvall's not very expensive. Jock Peterson will not be very expensive. If the Braves go out right now and go after Jock Peterson, there's a good chance they can bring him in. With Duvall and Peterson's production combined, that'll fill the hole for Ozuna somewhat. Then, if they upgrade at third base with the addition of Peterson and a third baseman, that will match. Ozuna's production based on wins above replacement and other metrics for total pure run production so if the break the and I'm gonna say it this has been said by a lot of people in the past but I think this is the year that it could happen the Braves can and may be willing to meet the price point for Chris Bryant this year Chris Bryant is going to be extremely expensive money wise But the Braves have plenty of salary to spend still. Also, he had a down year last year, meaning that his trade value is at an all-time low. He's on only one year left on his contract, and he's expensive, and he had a bad year last year. So, his trade value is at an all-time low the Braves may be willing to take a chance on a one-year contract player. It, ha- it worked out very well the past few years. Marcelo Zuna, a one-year contract. Don- Josh Donaldson, the year before that, one-year contract. Both performed very well. Historically speaking, a player has their best year if they're on a one-year con- contract right before free agency. Historically speaking. so Historically speaking, Chris Bryant is going to have a good year this year because he's going to get physically in shape. He's going to work on a ton of things on the offseason so that he looks very, very good for when he reaches free agency next year. So it would be who of the Braves to go after Chris Bryant if the Cubs are willing to come down on their asking price to something that the Braves can meet. So the Braves could get Chris Bryant at third, and that would move. And if they could get Jock Peterson, adding those two, That's looking at probably around 34 million, 34 to 37 million uh, added to their salary when they lost a ton off the books this year. Um, The Braves should—they only—they lost the 17 to 18 million from Ozuna off the books, 18.9 off, I believe it was, off the books from Ozuna. Cole Hamels is off the board. Melanson's off the board. they can bring Melanson back for much cheaper than what he was making last year, the Braves had the funds to do Jock Peterson, Chris Bryant, bringing back Melanson. They had the funds to do that. I think the Braves are going to try to go that direction. I don't know how in love AA is with Austin Riley, but I think his time is up. He might even be offered in the trade to Chris Bryant, but remember... Both teams have to agree to the deal. It's not going to be something as simple as, hey, let's give Chris Bryant all the players we don't want. Here, you can have Luke Jackson and Camargo and Riley for an Ender Enciarte for Chris Bryant. Why would the Cubs do that? Other teams will be bidding for Chris Bryant too and would offer a lot more. Now, people like Enciarte may be added because he's he's owed like $9.5 million, so that could be some sort of... Uh, manipulation of contracts to offset salaries for example Chris Bryant's going to be over 30 million this year if the Cubs take on NCR taste contract of 10 million that really makes Bryant only costing about 20 million right so that could result in the Braves offering better prospects to offset salaries as well so there's a lot of manipulation that can happen remember when a trade happens it's not pure talent for pure talent You're trading the contract value. So a guy that has five years left on his contract but isn't quite as good as someone else that has one year left on their contract could most likely be a lot more valuable for a team. You know what I'm saying? That's why people like Acuna and Ozzy Albies shouldn't be considered uh, in a trade because they have so much surplus value on their contracts right now. So that is where we are at on needs I also want to point out, I've seen a lot of talk about faulty He is a minor league free agent. I've seen talk about Charlie Coberson He is a minor league free agent. Okay, Those two also, I did not mention them earlier, but they are not on the team anymore as well. Sean Newcomb is still under team control. Let's talk about the Drew Smiley signing a little bit more. So, I like the signing of Drew Smiley. Remember, this is not the big splash the Braves are going to make. This is just them jumping ahead of the market to make sure they get someone. They did the same thing with Will Smith last year. They're jumping ahead of the market, signing someone, overpaying a little bit on a one-year deal. They didn't do that with Will Smith, but they jumped ahead and paid a little bit more with Will Smith. They're signing him to a one-year deal, so they're paying overpaying a little bit because with a one-year deal, if it doesn't pan out, no big deal. It's only one year. They don't have to pay him in the future, if that makes sense. Much like Cole Hamels. Yeah, it sucked that Cole Hamels didn't pitch, but that $17 million is coming off the books this year, so they can use that $17 million for something else, right? So I think it was a bit of an overpay, especially since Charlie Morton was projected at a one-year $8 million. Charlie Morton is exceptionally better right now than Drew Smiley is. However, Drew Smiley's peripherals across the board are were better last year than they were for the rest of his career. Projecting up, and by peripherals, I mean the kind of stuff that shows that he is going to continue to do that well. Things like his strikeout rate, his FIP, his swing and misses, uh, his ground ball rate, his strikeout rate. All those things, all his peripherals are showing positive signs. Uh, That's what they were looking at. They were looking at his analytics and seeing, hey, his surgery went well. He's healed. These numbers, like his ERA, for example, was not inflated. It was accurate. Like, we should expect to see another sub-4 ERA season. They didn't bring him in to be the star of the rotation. They brought him in to be a mid-rotation piece for cheap. And that's exactly what it's going to be. He's going to be the number three guy at best. Probably more of a number four guy on this rotation. And that's what they knew, the Braves knew when they signed him. So don't be upset like, oh, we need something better. Yes, the Braves do need something better. But just because they signed you Smiley does not mean that they're not going to do something better as well. It's just they're jumping ahead of the market, making sure they at least get something. Because... It's not the Braves just looking at all these free agents and saying, hmm, I want this guy. Come on over, buddy. No, those free agents have to also agree to come too. And they're going to be bidded on against from all other 29 teams in the league that want them. I mean, surely not all 29 are going to look at him. People like Charlie Morton are claiming to have like 10 teams look at him. Uh, same with Marcelo, Zuna, and people like that. Um, so that tells me there's about 9 to 10 teams that are looking at free agents this year. And uh, so, realistically, Drew Smiley probably had a little bit less than that. But the Braves were trying to get ahead of the market, trying to skip a bidding war, just overpay a little bit to guarantee that they'd bring someone in. And that's exactly what they did. As far as the Tomlin thing, they were familiar with him. He was familiar with the Braves. They just wanted some cheap depth, and that's what they got. I'm fine with the signing. These are not two signings that we would be excited about, but they are depth pieces. That makes sense. At the beginning of the year last year, we talked about how, well, one thing that the Braves are good at is they have a bunch of depth. Well, you can see how quickly that changed with the Braves' rotation. They needed added depth, and they went and got it. Is Drew Smiley going to be the difference maker to take them to the World Series? Absolutely not. Is Josh Tomlin going to be the difference maker? Absolutely not. But that's not why they were brought in. They were not brought in to be difference makers. They were brought in to fill some holes, and that's what they did. You will most likely see something. There will most likely be a splash this season. The Braves are primed for a splash this year with some type of big move. It's probably going to be in the third base department, maybe starting pitching, but most likely it's going to be in the third base department is where their big splash will be because if you look at it mathematically, if you improve your weakest link, with one of your new better players you just increased your total value by quite a bit let's use some simple math here we'll look at war let's say you're replacing a negative two war player with a two war player your team just gained four war even though you only added a two war player negative two plus four equals two does that make sense Austin Riley was a negative war player he was on pace to be negative two almost negative three war player. If you replace him with a three war player like Chris Bryant, which has potential for even more like five, you could potentially add five to six wins to the Braves' 162-game schedule just by bringing in an elite-level player at third base. So I think if the Braves really want to make a big splash, third base is where they need to go. On a side note, Two things I think the Braves should also focus on this offseason is try to get an extension done with Freddie Freeman since they have a bunch of money off the books. And I would highly suggest right now doing something with Dansby Swanson. His value is at his highest. So they either need to sign him to an extension or they need to float him on the trade market to upgrade at shortstop. I don't foresee that happening. But now is the time to do it if you're going to. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see Dansby Swanson get extended this year or floated around in a trade. Uh, He's only got a few years left. Um, So do the Braves want to go all-in this year? If they do, something they could do is try to get someone like Trevor Story or uh, Lindor or something like that. Uh, Both of those teams are a team that would be willing to trade. And again... Remember, when you trade, typically it's buyers are trading for play, trading for players that are on a selling team. The Cubs have already said, made it true, that they are going to be sellers this year. Not a full blow-up like a team like the Orioles should be doing. More so a reconfiguration, much like the Yankees did a few years ago when they traded off some of their good players and retooled, okay? It's it's very rare. It doesn't happen that often. It typically only happens with teams that have huge salaries that can afford to do a sort of mini-rebuild, and that's what the Cubs are trying to do. They're trying to say, hey, all of our key players are available, and they're just letting teams kick the tires And then based on what moves they make there, they'll keep the other players and kind of try to not do a full breakdown because they have the type of salary and enough core players that they can kind of just take a step back for a year or two and kind of become competitive uh, a little bit quicker. Um, They won't do it as fast as the Yankees did uh, because they they don't have quite as much money as the Yankees and they don't have quite as much of a core as the Yankees did back in the day. Uh, Back a few years ago when they did that, back when they traded Chapman and people like that. Um, Back when they got Clint Frazier, back in that time frame is what I'm talking about. So, uh, yeah, so that's what the Cubs are doing, and that's why it's very possible this year, much more likely this year, that Chris Bryant will be traded, and that the Braves have a much higher chance this year to get Chris Bryant from the Cubs. Now... I've seen a lot of people say, oh, I don't want Chris Bryant or whatever. I get it. You don't want him on the team or whatever because he had a bad year last year. But let's remember, it all depends on what the Braves give up to get him. Okay, It's not like black or white. It's There's a gray area in there. What was the cost versus what you get, if that makes sense. If it's just money, just take on the salary and gamble on a one-year deal from a guy that has years past of being an elite player if the cubs are asking for top prospects like drew waters and or christian pache or something like that no i don't see i don't foresee that being happening especially with chris bryant having only one year left on his contract with a down year last year so ultimately it comes down to the cost but I'm, what i'm saying is If it is a good deal for the Braves, don't be mad that they get Chris Bryant because even with him having a down year last year, he still was tremendously better than the value that Austin Riley had with the potential to have much higher value than that based on it being his contract year. Thank you so much for joining in on the first ever bonus episode. Don't forget to review on Apple five-star rating would be awesome. It helps people find the podcast that didn't know it existed. Also, I will continue to do this periodically, and I promise as soon as I get back into it, we're going to have weekly episodes again. Make sure you check out the socials, Braves Dugout Pod on Twitter, Atlanta Braves Dugout Facebook group, the one with the most members. Uh, There's a lot of copycat groups out there now. And also, Braves Dugout Podcast Facebook page. We also have a website now, trying to work on get things up on YouTube, so keep an eye out for that. Also, if you would like the scripts for the show, uh, just let me know, and we'll make it work. Thanks so much for listening. As always, Go Braves!